2: Another hot day in Florida. A lot of a lot of great sports stories out there to be talked about. Uh the NBA free agency is in full effect and there there's a big fish. There was a big fish in the pond, Daryl, but uh he's leaving LA and he's headed to Houston. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mr. Dwight
1: Howard? You know, man, I, I really hope that he can stay stay there in place for at least three years. And i I'm, I'm quite happy for Dwight Howard. You know, I know he, he's going to play with a real superstar in Harden. You know, uh, a real superstar. This guy really loves to push the ball. He loves to pass the ball as much as he loves to shoot. I think he's a super athlete. And I'm I'm happy to see Dwight Howard getting a fresh start. You know, and I think I think um, the bright lights of L.A. may have been a bit too much for uh, our friend Dwight Howard. You know, everybody can't
2: handle the pressure of uh, following a Kareem, Wilt, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, and uh, the the lights definitely shine bright in uh, in Los Angeles, and uh, they did everything they could to, to maintain Howard. Uh, they traded for him last year, knowing that there was a possibility that he would be leaving them. They were in a they were in the driver's seat. From a financial standpoint, they were able to offer Dwight Howard $30 million more than any other team was able to um, offer him. But uh, I guess at the end of the day, Dwight Howard can truly say it wasn't about the money. And uh, he went to a destination that was going to make him happy. But uh, now, in, in my opinion, for Dwight Howard, it's time to put up or shut up. You know, Dwight Howard is a guy that's known. to to go back and forth on decisions he'll make a decision and then he'll change his mind well now uh Dwight you picked the Houston Rockets the Rockets you know who your coach is Kevin McHale you know the talent that's on that team uh so you did all your homework you interviewed teams so now there's no excuses for you to say hey I don't like this guy so uh when we hear stories being leaked from his inner circle saying that he don't like the core of guys that's on the team. So what, Dwight? You know, that's something that you have to deal with because you knew the makeup of the roster when you made this decision. So, uh, you know, he's a tremendous talent. He's uh, one of the best big men in the game, if not the best when when healthy. My thing is how motivated is he going to be? If I'm Dwight Howard, I have a chip on my shoulder. You know, you hear Shaquille O'Neal is constantly uh, taking jabs at you. Uh, People are are saying all type of negative things about you. The one thing I do know, if you want to shut someone up, action speaks louder than words, Darrell.
1: You know, hey, man, I agree with that totally. But Sam, when you look at Dwight Howard leaving and leaving $30 million on the table, that's enough money to to feed a small country, man. You know, it's a lot of money you could do with $30 million. And, and, you know, some people say, well, hey, he can handle the big market of L.A. Well, let me tell you something, man. Um, Houston, Texas is the fourth largest city in America, so he's not leaving such a and he's not going to such a small market. This is a a, a huge market he's going to, and you know they said the city of uh, the city of Houston and the Houston Rockets has a a city uh, a connection to the Asian market with uh, with Yao Ming coming from Japan and so uh, China and there could be a um, more money for the white internationally than ever because of his ties to the Houston Rockets. So. Hey man, I, I'm not so sure about about the money aspect of it, but I really know that a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And when you throw 30 million in the ocean, or you just put it in a barrel and put a gallon of gasoline on it and burn it, I just can't. I just find it hard to see leaving that kind of money on the table. You know, Chris Paul made it clear that uh, he would not leave that kind of money on the table, and Dwight made it clear that what. It made it unclear to me what kind of person am I dealing with here? What kind of man am I dealing with? Somebody that would just leave thirty million dollars on the table? Well, you're, probably, you're
2: you're talking about a man that's made a lot of money uh, in in his ten uh, year career in the NBA. You know, it's not like Dwight Howard is playing for chump change. Uh, you know, some of the factors that Dwight Howard factored into his decision is there's no state tax and. Uh, in Texas. Uh, he, he he also has the ability to opt out of his contract, uh, after year three of his deal. But, uh, Hey, at the end of the day, Daryl, uh, It's obvious that he chose to be happy, and uh, this was a decision that he made on his own because most advisors are not going to advise their client to walk away from $30 million. And, you know, hey, money isn't everything. Uh, When you got a couple hundred million dollars, I guess you can say, hey, what's $30 million? To me, $30 million is is $30 million, and I don't know if I would have walked away from $30 million. I would have been lobbying for maybe a sign-and-trade deal. But uh, I guess the Lakers figured, hey, if you're going to sign with us, we're more than willing to give you this extra thirty million dollars. If not, we're going to let you walk away, and you're going to have to prove that uh, it's not about the money.
1: Hey, but you know, I think the Orlando Magic is the only team that's smiling in this. Well, Houston is smiling, but Orlando is really smiling because they traded off. They traded the White Howard and got something for him. The Lakers got nothing for Dwight Howard. Not even a not even an opportunity to play in one game in the playoffs. They didn't get a thing for him, man. So uh I know it's disappointed LA fans uh dealing with this Dwight Howard situation.
2: Yeah, the Lakers the the Lakers gave up a lot in the Dwight Howard uh Dwight Howard deal. You know, they gave up draft picks and uh and and like you said, the Orlando Magic is is, is one team that, that Greatly benefited from uh, the Dwight Howard trade, they um, they got they got to acquire draft picks, and now they're they're building a team from the ground up, and uh, they have some nice young talent that they've acquired throughout the last two drafts. And uh, you know, I I think I really feel that in in a couple years, Orlando is going to be in a nice situation uh, by building through the draft, and uh, the Lakers are going to need some of those draft picks. You know, the Lakers pretty much this year they're conceding that they're, they're not going to compete for a championship this year. And in L.A., they're used, it's, it's almost championship or bust.
1: And, you know, with a franchise like the L.A. Lakers and the history and the banners that they have in that, in that program, you know, how long are we going to see the Lakers be an insignificant team in the NBA? I just can't see them. I just can't see Kobe Bryant coming back next year and be an impact player, especially not right away. And if he does not come back and be an impact player next year, how much longer are we going to see Kobe Bryant? And the L.A. Lakers, without a superstar, without Kobe Bryant, how long can we see this this uh, historic franchise be a L.A. Clippers of the 80s and the 90s?
2: Well, well you know, uh, with, with the Lakers... Uh... It, it, it's tough. You know, uh, if, if Kobe don't come back, the chances of Kobe coming back and being the Kobe um, that we know and expect, uh, I, I'm really not sure how effective he's going to be coming off of, of an Achilles injury early on, but uh, I wouldn't count Kobe out, but at the same time, Kobe's he's, he's aging will, but at the same time, eventually father time catches up with everyone. So uh it, it's going to be uh that that's a very interesting uh question how long are the Lakers willing to sit and be sack and fiddle in LA uh I say not long I I, I really feel that with their TV contract they have a billion dollar uh TV deal and uh you know they're willing to to, to go over the luxury tax to to be successful and i can really see them in another year making a a big time run at lebron james and carmelo anthony and trying to pair them with an aging kobe bryant to send him out uh as a champion and uh you know i i really feel it's hard to turn down la if you like pressure if you like playing in the big market where else would you rather be
1: so is pat riley going with them
2: I don't know about Pat Riley. I don't think the Lakers want Pat Riley. But I know, I, I tell you what, every every organization in the NBA want um, a part of LeBron James.
1: And that is for sure. And, uh, and it's going to take something like a LeBron James and Carmella Anthony going to L.A. to, to change that, that, the, uh, the, the dynamics of the Lakers, man. Because from what we see right now, we see an a, a aging Steve Nash. And we see of World Peace. Where he is, he's he's really just a matter of confusion, and he's not what he used to be. And it's just it's just tough to see the Lakers um, be a shell of what we saw in the '80s and the '90s when we saw and O'Neal and when we saw um, uh, Magic Johnson and Michael Cooper and Kareem Abdul Jabbar and those guys Showtime. You know, it's 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 just unbelievable to thought that the Lakers is no Showtime. It's no no, they're insignificant. When we look at we look at this upcoming season. Although we just got finished with the NBA season, the upcoming season show tells us that the Lakers could be insignificant, man. And I just don't remember a time in history when the Lakers were insignificant.
2: Hey, man, everybody go through their little stretches, but uh, we are. It, it's rare when LA is not uh, very very competitive. And, uh, you know, I I guess the standards, you have to look at the standards. They were competitive this year, but we're not used to the Clippers finishing in front of the Lakers. Uh, Now, when you look at the the power structure in the West, uh, you have teams like Memphis, you have the Spurs, you have OKC, you have the Clippers. You have Houston, you have the Lakers, you have Golden State. The Lakers are now in that bottom tier of teams, in that five through eight teams. And uh, uh, that's not going to sit well with Kobe being in a being a competitor he is. But at the same time, Kobe Bryant is set to make $30 million this upcoming season, the final year of his contract. He's going to have to take a pay cut if uh, that team's going to be competitive. I mean, an agent Kobe Bryant is not worth $30 million after this year. I'm sorry.
1: I, well, hey man, you know Kobe Bryant is more to that franchise than just scoring and rebounding. You know he is the face of the franchise, and whether we believe it or not, it's still going to be a lot of fans in L. A. coming out to see Kobe Bryant. And and the Lakers know that that's just a one year deal. He's going to make the thirty million. They're not going to sh- slide him any money. If anything, they'll defer a little bit of his money. But Kobe Bryant is going to get his his thirty million. They're not yeah, going to
2: yeah, he's going to get it this year. But I'm saying next year. He's a free agent after this year. Next
1: year, next year they're probably going to sign him to about maybe $8 million. You're right. They're going to sign about an eight million one one-year contract. And uh, and hopefully they'll be able to get him some help in there to, to help him. And I hope we don't see a Kobe Bryant hopping around trying to make plays that he thinks he can make when his body can't make those plays. Because you and I both know that Achilles tendon is a – is a serious injury, probably the most serious injury of them all, uh, and I'm talking about including the uh, ACL, MCL. So uh, this is this is not just a a, a a torn muscle in his calf or in his finger. This is a serious serious injury, Sam.
2: Uh, yes, it is, and uh, you know, hey, uh, if anybody can come back from an injury like that, I'm going to say it's Kobe Bryant, but. Uh, When you're up in age, you have to be careful. You have to listen to your body. And uh, hopefully Kobe don't try to rush back uh, too soon. Uh, If the Lakers can stay competitive until he returns, maybe at the first of the year. I see the Lakers, again, fighting for that 6th through 8th playoff spot. But then that's going to – I don't see them being no better than they were this year. And they're going to have a tough first-round matchup.
1: Oh, they're, they're not going to be nearly as good. No, not even nearly as good. But, you know, you know with, with Dot Rivers going to the Clippers now, you know, and we saw what an impact the Clippers had last year. You know, uh, Chris Paul has agreed to a $108 million contract, I think it is. When you, when you look at the Clippers now, are they at the top of the West? Because you know, even you know, even even OKC is there, but they're without Westbrook. You know, who knows when he's going to return?
2: Uh, I I really feel that uh, the West is about a three a, a three three to four team uh, race, uh, depending on uh, what happens in the rest of free agency. Uh, I put the Clippers in that uh, it, it, as one of the top four teams in the West. Uh, I'm still going to say OKC is one of the top four teams in the West. Uh, I, I feel that Westbrook's going to recover. Uh, he's already doing full basketball contact drills. Uh, uh, the the San Antonio Spurs. I, I really feel that they're going to be one of those top four teams. Will they um, go as far as they went? This year, uh, that I'm not sure about, but I do see them being one of the top four teams. They had the core, their core group of guys, uh, returning. And, and I, and I really like this young golden state team with, uh, Thompson and Curry and the, the acquisition of, uh, Andre Iguodala, uh, from the nuggets as a, those being my top four teams and, and just on the outside, Memphis is knocking on the door. You're talking about, uh, two franchises, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Los Angeles Clippers that, uh, they've, they've experienced and taste some success. And, and I, and I really feel that their nucleus returning, that they're going to be uh, major players in the West. And, uh, one of those teams will Memphis can easily knock the Spurs out of that top four seeds.
1: You know, I think Memphis, uh, losing their coach actually takes a step back, but with the Clippers, uh, uh losing their coach, they t- they take a step back. But with the Clippers, probably the, the most talented team in the West, with them gaining a coach with the status of, of Doc Rivers, I think this takes them to another level. I think this gives them the organization that the program needed. They, they were a great team with a lot of talent, but they just didn't seem to be organized. They didn't seem like every possession was An important possession, and I think Doc Rivers is going to convey this to the team. This team, every possession is important, and I think you know the Clippers wasted a lot of possessions. And I think Doc Rivers is going to make a make an impact on this team that that um, he's going to get a Celtic a Celtic team with a lot of experience. And when he got to the Celtics, the Celtics had to build a team. Now with what he has now, it's a team already built. He just need to guide this team. They need a captain of the ship. The captain of the ship, and I think Doc Rivers is probably the best captain in the NBA, and definitely the best man for this job.
2: I, I, I agree, Daryl. And, uh, how important was the dark river sign and Chris Paul, let it be known. I'm not taking any, any visits. This is the place I want to be. You're talking about a guy that has a championship pedigree. He's, he's been a player. He's been a coach. He's going to be respected in the locker room, regardless if it's Chris Paul or Blake Griffin, guys are going to listen to his direction. Uh, And, you know, hey, I got to tip my hat to Donald Sterling for uh, shedding a cheap label. And uh, he went out, he got a big-time coach. He signed his point guard. He's committed a lot of money to Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. And uh, I I really feel that this was the best signing uh, coaching-wise and the best off-season acquisition uh, of any player or coach was the move the Clippers made when they signed Doc Rivers. That guaranteed them to um, get Chris Paul's signature, and I, and I really feel that there's great things ahead for this Clipper franchise, and uh, I can, I well, they've already taken the Lake, overtaken the Lakers, so uh, you know, best wishes to the Los Angeles Clippers, the new kings of LA right now. But until they win a championship, it really don't matter because if you're not first, you're last. Hey guys, you're listening to Sports Info U.M. on the Voice of America Network. We'll be right back after the break.
3: flagship station for sports.
0: Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun 3793 at gmail.com. Now, Back to the show.
1: And welcome back to Sports Info. You uh, you know, Sam, when you look at uh, some of these NBA free agents this this year, hey, it's a lot of guys making a lot of money. You know, and and we have to wonder, are all of these guys worthy of the money that they're going to be making? And, you know, we have a saying, don't hate the player, hate the game he's playing. Andrew Iguodala, four years, $48 million. You know, hey, it's, it's a, uh, O.J. Mayo, three years, $24 million. And as we know, all of these NBA contracts are guaranteed. David West, three years, $36 million. You go back to the paces. It's a lot of money. These guys are getting paid, man.
2: Hey, i I tell you one of the um, signers that I really like. And, uh, you know, we talked about Doc Rivers. We talked about Chris Paul. uh J.R. Reddick, he, he's going to be a guy who's going to he's going to allow Blake Griffin and Chris Paul room to, to operate. Because if you collapse on Chris Paul or Blake Griffin and you leave Reddick open, he's a knockdown shooter. He's a guy. He, he's a big time shooter. And uh, I, I really love that signing by the Clippers, you know. And again, Four years, $27 million for a guy who's probably averaged about 12 points for his career, but he shoots a very high percentage from a three point range. And, uh, you know, when you're playing with a point guard like Chris Paul, he's going to get you the ball in the spots where you like it. And he makes everything easy for you. So I, I really feel that that's one of those signings that can potentially push the Clippers into the NBA finals, there You
1: know, I don't know if that can push them into the finals, but. I, one, of the, one of the signs that, that intrigues me a lot is that this Al Jefferson sign with the Bobcats. You know, you're talking about a horse down low. It's, this, is, this is a true post player. He has a slight outside jumper, but you're talking about a back to the basket post player. If nothing else, this is going to make the Bobcats a formidable team down low. And I think this is going to help this team, man. I, I, I really hope this helps get Jordan. Get a little bit of that monkey off of Jordan's back about not being
2: able to uh, run a franchise. I'm looking forward to seeing Al Jefferson, man. Al, Al Jefferson kind of definitely is is a big time player. Six ten, two hundred eighty nine pounds, and like you mentioned, he's a he's the true center. He's not a, a, a guy that's uh, lane between the four and the five spot. He is he's uh, all five, and uh, you know he, he's a guy that a lot of people. When you don't see players a lot because of the markets they play in, sometimes you you tend to forget really how good of a player that that this guy is. And uh, I I really feel that this is a bargain signing. If Al Jefferson lives up to his potential and plays the way he played in Utah, this is a great signing by the Bobcats. And uh, how often do you hear the Bobcats had a great signing?
1: That's for sure. But I really think he can solidify some things for that team, man. I I, I really think he can. Yeah, but there's a lot of guys out there still, man, still looking for jobs.
2: Uh, that is true. Another another signing that I really really like is the uh, the Tyreek Evans signing. Uh, he signed a, a four year, forty four million dollar deal with the new um, New Orleans Pelicans. He said he's willing to come off the bench. You're talking about a a rookie of the year. Uh, a guy out of Memphis, 6'6", 220 pounds, averaged 15 points a game for the uh, Sacramento Kings in his four-year career, and uh, four years, $44 million.
1: Trust me, he won't be coming off the bench. This He is a true starter without a question, man. Well, you, you know, know,
2: he's competing with Aaron, Aaron Go- Eric Gordon, who they signed to a max deal last year, and they played the same position. So something's got to
1: give. Something does have to give. You know, and, and uh, Gordon, he's had his ups and downs, and he's had some situations with his health that he's had to deal with as well. Yeah. Now, with,
2: with that signing, what does that say for the future of uh, Austin Rivers? You know, uh, they drafted him last year, two years ago in the first round. You, you sign Gordon to a max deal, you bring in Evans. Now, Evans is a guy that can slide over at six 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 seven and can play some uh, small forward. But, uh, to, to me, this sign it doesn't uh, it doesn't bode well for uh, Austin Rivers.
1: Well, you know Austin Rivers is still young man. Uh, this is a young man that probably will just be coming into his senior year in um, in college, and I think he's still not ready for the pounding of the NBA. And I think the light switch is going to come on. It just has not come on yet for him. And I'm talking about the total package: the physical, the mental the work ethics to everything. So it's just it just hasn't gotten there yet. But it is coming. And it wouldn't surprise me at one point this year when we see this kid, Austin Rivers, go on a tear for about six or seven games.
2: Uh, we shall see maybe he'll be a spark plug off the bench. Hey the Lakers have replaced the White Howard with Chris Kamen. Just breaking news. The Lakers replaced the White Howard with Chris Kamen. They signed him to a one year deal.
1: You know the guy, as she says, he can't play with the White House, and he doesn't want to play with the White House. You know, this is a guy that averaged a double double last year for for the first time in his career, and had a career season last year playing for the Houston Rockets. You know, are are we gonna, are the Rockets gonna just build this up and build this up, and eventually, I think they're gonna trade him and get something for him. I don't see those two guys playing together. You know, even though the Rockets are saying now they're not going to trade him, but we know talk is cheap
2: when it comes to business. Hey, when you when you've been paying six to ten million dollars a year, you know, hey, if they want to bring in a guy, they want to bring you off the bench. You might as well just fall in line, man. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I really feel that that him and Dwight Howard can uh, that they can operate fine together uh, with Basik, uh sliding over to the four and Dwight playing the five or when the White's resting, he becomes the focal point at the five. So, uh, hey, man, all of the moves that organizations make, all of the as a player, you're not going to always like them and vice versa. But at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for the team. And uh, when you get a chance to sign a guy like Dwight Howard, you have to go out and uh, you got to get it done.
1: You know, man. I think it's enough talking about this NBA and this kid, this kid Hernandez, he stays in the news. You know, do we even hear now stories that he's being unfairly treated? Um, he's being interrogated. Um, it's, it's just a lot of stuff going on with this story. And now we hear the old coach, Urban Meyer, his name appears to be coming up.
2: And, and, and not in a very nice way, even. Well, Irvin uh, Meyer came out and says that uh, he, he didn't feel that it was fair that uh, that the University of Florida and himself was being uh, unfairly criticized for uh, the problems that uh, Hernandez is having. And uh, he, he said it's wrong to blame them for uh, Hernandez's problems. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of reports uh, out of Gainesville uh, allegedly that uh, Mr. Hernandez uh, failed several uh, marijuana tests, uh, drug tests. And, uh, you know, when you're the head coach, uh, those are things that you know about. And uh, as the leader of an organization, when stuff like this happens, you know, unfortunately, the light's going to shine bright on you. And uh, you know, uh, I, I guess what I, what I would have to ask as a coach, you know, uh, a college coach, uh, you're dealing with a hundred plus young men, and uh, you, you deal with a lot of issues with guys getting in trouble. Uh, I guess the main thing is how are you handling these. Uh, how are you handling when kids get in trouble? Because I know one thing when you're recruiting kids, you go in the house, you tell the parent, that, hey, I'm going to treat them just like I treat my own son. And, uh, you know, the first time a kid get in trouble, you're not going to kick them out of school. Now, that there's going to be consequences. But uh, my issue is uh, I don't know how much Urban Meyer knew what the University of Florida knew. My thing, uh, what I would like to know is how did they handle the problems that they knew about?
1: You know, and I, you you're right about that. How did they handle the problem? They knew about. You know, it was it's a, it's a New York Times report that calculated forty one of the hundred and twenty one players on the two thousand eight championship team have been arrested in some form at one point or another, either while they were enrolled at the Unif- University of Florida or after leaving the University of Florida. Forty one of the 121 players of the 2008 championship team. You know, that's that's a lot of guys, Sam. You know, and when we think about that, Urban Meyer was not keeping a clean house. You know, he had some – He when you got 41 have been arrested, either during while they were there or since they left the team, that's, that's not a real tight, tight program. And, you're, and you're
2: talking about 30% – over 30 percent of your players that are that are getting in trouble and uh you know hey guys get in trouble but that that's that's a very high rate at any university and uh you know some some coaches uh you you have to take character character has to play a, a very important role when you're recruiting kids and uh you know some schools do more research than others and uh you can't always look at uh, how talented a young man is. You know, you have to look at how they're going to um, operate in the environment that you're bringing them into. And uh, a, lo- a lot of times you're bringing in uh, young men that uh, that are going to be in for a culture shock when they uh, step onto um, most of these college campuses there.
1: Oh, that's that's for sure. And, and you're going to be being praised by everybody that sees you, telling you they're so happy you chose them, we're so happy to have you here. And trust me, man, when the star running back gets pulled over by the campus police for swerving just a little bit or speeding a little bit, hey, they don't—they don't write him a ticket. They usually tell him, "Hey, follow me, and I'm gonna take you to the dorm." You know, these things have happened in, in these programs like University of Florida and other programs for so long that the police were really entangled in the program. You know, instead of the, instead of calling a colonist captain, he would call a head coach. You know, the head coach would say, hey, let's deal with this situation. So this has been going on for a long time, Sam. And now we even, and there's even a situation now, something I heard today, living here in Florida, that one of uh, Hernandez's teammate, Reggie Nelson, was involved in a shooting, and they said they were only questioned about the shooting. They asked Irma Mai about it, they said, hey, well, they were only questioned about the shooting. Hey, man, if you got kids question about a shooting, I think you need to look into it a little bit more than just say, hey, they were questioned. It's no big deal. And the people are saying, someone is saying now that the person that got shot and the witness that supposedly saw Nelson and Hernandez candid their, their um, comments after saying they they did see him, they came back and said they didn't see him. Now there's a report that someone paid them off is the reason why they took the comments back. So it's getting
2: it's getting deep, man. It's getting very deep, you know. It's already and, deep. Yeah for for Hernandez, and uh, it's just not getting any better. Uh, you know, um, uh, Ortiz. Uh, I guess he told the cops that Hernandez about the secret uh, flop house they're calling it uh, that Hernandez rented and. Uh, that, and when the co- cops searched the house, they found boxes of ammo. So, uh, you know, it's just all of these secrets are starting to come to light. And, uh, you know, again, we don't know who pulled the trigger. We don't know if they did it. It's just all of the evidence. Is, it, 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 it don't look good. And the, but the one thing about the court of law, you know, it, it's very hard to prove that someone is guilty. You have to um, there, there there could be no doubt, you know, uh, when you get in front of a jury, uh, it's going to be Mr. Hernandez attorney's job to to create that doubt in the jury's mind if it goes that far. And uh, if you create some doubt in the jury's mind, it's a possibility that he can walk regardless cool. of regardless of what the evidence is 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 saying.
1: He could walk, but let me ask you a question. How far will this follow Urban Meyer? Will this in any way hurt him as a coach? Will it cost him money? Will it cost him his job? Will it cost him recruit? Will he be suspended in any way behind the situation that, that he created at University of Florida?
2: Well, I I'll I'll start off first. Will it cost them some recruits? Uh I feel that any coach uh, that's out recruiting against Urban and Ohio State, they're gonna use the forty uh plus players out of a hundred and twenty they're gonna use that against him to parents. Uh how much of an effect that's gonna have, I'm not sure. Uh if it was urban, uh bumping into a recruit on accident. I mean, coaches are going to use it. They all do it. Uh, negative recruiting. So I don't know how much of an impact that's going to have on on him. Uh, if Hernandez is found guilty, is that going to have some effect on Urban? Well, I'm sure Urban's going to say, hey, that was five or six years after I had him when he was at the University of Florida. We did everything in our power to help the young man out. Uh, I had him over to my house for Bible study. What more do you want me to do? Uh, so uh, I, I feel that will have a little, it'll create some doubt in some parents' minds, but I, I just really feel that Urban Meyer is such a salesman that uh, I, I really feel that it's not going to have much of an effect on his career. If it was uh, Ohio State would disassociate themselves from him. Uh, they haven't done that. He hasn't lost any money. Uh, he has the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes Uh He has them on the right track. They just finished an undefeated season. They were not eligible for a bowl game. But uh, he had nothing to do with that. So I don't really feel that Urban's going to suffer too much from this. Uh, I I feel Urban's going to, worst case scenario, he's going to disassociate himself from uh, Hernandez. And like I said, uh, Hernandez hasn't been a Florida Gator in uh, three, four years. He hasn't been coached by Urban Meyer in a while. So, hey. I would take the stance that, hey, we did everything we could to help the young man. Uh, You know, it's unfortunate that he did something like this. Did we see him doing something like this? No, I mean, the uh, owner of the Patriots just came out today and said that he feels duped. He talked about uh, a letter that Hernandez wrote him talking about some of the mistakes he made at the University of Florida and how he was sorry for him and uh, how he was willing to, to be tested for marijuana twice a week or drug tested uh, twice a week, uh, that he would tie all of his signing bonus and guaranteed money into him being clean. And uh, he and he wanted to do the right things. He went out. He produced for three years. He didn't cause much problems uh, off the field. And now. Look what happens. He, he signs the big deal and uh, he, he donates $50,000 to the Marcraft Fund and then all of a sudden he's he's hit with, with these allegations, man. So uh, he, you never know. You can fool people. And, and who's to say he didn't fool the University of Florida? You
1: know, and who's to say that Urban Mind knew some of these things were going on? You know, the Boston Globe report that a man that said between four and six drug tests while at the at University of Florida. Urban Meyer said he only failed one, which result in a suspension in 2008 Hawaii Bowl. Now, you know, you and I both know that one drug test failure is probably not going to result in a suspension. It doesn't result in a suspension. It depends you
2: know? on the coach. I'm not, I'm not going to say maybe Urban just put his foot in, down. In
1: most universities, it's a, it's a probationary period. They give you an opportunity to, to clean yourself up. Now, if this guy has, if that was his first incident, Coach Warren Light was not gonna suspend him. They were gonna have a consultation with him. You know, I he think it do depends some other things on,
2: wrong. I, I think yeah. it depends on the coach and the message you're trying to send. Hey, we're gonna pick this up right after the break. You're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America network.
3: And the Voice America Sports Network. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into
2: what
1: it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players
2: to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit nflalumni.org.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America
0: Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144 H 346 9144 or send us an email at SportsInfoUN3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back to Sports UM, you know Sam, do you think there's anything that Urban Meyer could have did for Hernandez to, to help his life, to, to change his life, to have a different outcome than what he, what he's going through right now?
2: If I'm Urban Meyer, I'm going to take the stand to is there stuff he could have done? Uh, there's always stuff as a coach. If you look back on players that you've coached who have got into trouble, you're going to say, hey, I wish I would have did this. I wish I would have did that. The one thing I really feel is working in Urban Meyer's favor is that Mr. Hernandez didn't have any off-the-field incidents for the for the three, four years that he was away from the University of Florida. Again, he was a model citizen with the Patriots. Uh, you, you hear of the one incident with Wes Welker. But inside the building, this is coming from the owners. They say they never had any problems outside of Aaron Hernandez. If they had any doubt that they would have to send a private investigator or to babysit him, Mr. Kraft is on record of saying that they would not have given Mr. Aaron Hernandez that type of deal that they uh that they signed them to. So if, if I'm Urban Meyer, I'm going to take the stands and say, hey, when this guy left here, he had some issues. He, he cleaned his issues up. And, uh, again, look at the last three, four years of his life. But now the one thing you we do know is you're going to be on your best behavior in, inside the building, whether you're in college or whether you're in the NFL, because you don't want any negative uh any negative news associated with your name especially when you're in the nfl because when it comes time to negotiate teams are going to use that against you so uh i, I, I really feel that urban meyer is uh i, I kind of agree with urban I don't, I don't really feel that it's fair and um again i don't know all of the details you know how reports are you know the media can create stuff they can go fishing for stories uh how true is it that he failed four to six drug tests? We don't know that. Uh, I, we do know that uh there's some uh, reports out there that with uh, NFL talent evaluators saying that his stock dropped because of some of the uh, concerns that they had about him. But, again, you're talking about a low-risk pick for the Patriots. They picked him in the fourth round. Uh, he performed on the field. He didn't have any off-field issues, and he was rewarded. So, uh I, I really feel that the Patriots were duped in this, in, in the um, aspect that I, I don't feel anybody in their right mind Daryl's going to um, sign a guy to a $40 million contract with $16 million guaranteed if they feel that they were going to have some uh, off-field issues, especially him being associated with the murder charge.
1: Well, some things we'll overlook, Sam, especially when we're getting what we want. But let's get back to Urban Meyer. I don't want to just let this guy off the hook, man. You know, <laughs> you, you say that he he recognized that Hernandez failed one drug test. I didn't say
2: that. I, I didn't say I he know, recognized.
1: That. Said, Urban Meyer said he only failed one test. He says that, and that was a result of him uh, being suspended for the, for the Hawaii Bowl. All right, but Hernandez was also questioned as a witness in a shooting while he was at the University of Florida that Irvin Meyer knew about. Hernandez was involved in a ball fight where a man lost his hearing in one of his ears while he was at the University of Florida. You know, now these are three major incidents, man. I mean, come on. This is not something where he got caught speeding or his license plates were, were changed on his car or he left a, um, um he, he he ran out on a on a on a on a Denny's bill. No, these are some major allegations uh brought up against this young man under the watch of Urban Meyer. Uh and
2: and, and Daryl, you know, uh the facts are the facts. He he was charged in a bar fight. Uh someone's ear was affected. There was a shooting that was involved, there were no charges filed. He was a witness though. He he he, he failed he failed he failed a drug test. These are serious allegations. But the one thing we know, whether it's at Florida playing for Urban Meyer, whether it's at Florida State playing for Jimbo or or Bobby Bowen, is you can take any major university in the United States and and if a guy is productive. Not that the coaches are going to overlook it. Not that he's not going to be punished and possibly suspended. I, I feel Urban Meyer handled this in this situation or all three of these cases like most coaches in in in, in college football would have handled it. There would have been some discipline, and sometime when you discipline a player, you don't have to tell them, the media that, hey, he's being punished, he's running stadium steps, or sometimes guys be suspended and the media and never know about it. It's not their business to know what's going on inside that family. And, and, and I'm not just going to say it's a Florida thing, it's an Urban Meyer thing. It happens everywhere. And, and you know what? If Hernandez was the third or fourth team tight end, he would have been kicked off the team. Now that's a fact, but he wasn't the third or fourth string tight end. He wasn't an average tight end. He was a superstar. And you know what? You treat superstars different than you treat the third or fourth team tight end or or linebacker. And, and those are just the facts. And it's not just that Florida. So I, I don't really feel that it that is fair, whether it's Miami, is Michigan, or or anywhere. You handle you handle these situations on a case by case basis. And uh, so is it fair to say it's Urban Meyer? Uh, No. Uh, I I really feel that there is a widespread uh, problem with the the use of marijuana in college athletics. But does that make the kids that fill those tests bad kids? No. Does that make the coaches that are supposed to be in charge of 100-some guys, they make them bad leaders? Uh, Not in all cases. But uh, my thing is, are you trying to get the kids help? How are we working on this problem? How are we communicating with his parents uh, to, to to keep them involved? But uh, you and I both know that if you're a superstar, you're going to be treated a little different. Whether you break somebody's nose or you you fail a, a a drug test or you're a witness to a shooting. Yeah,
1: you're right, Sam. And and the world of sports and athletics, you're exactly right. But this case. Has broken the, the sports and athletics and gone to the mainstream society. So this is no longer a sports story. This is now a a major story, and it's n- and it's not about sports. It's about people losing their lives and one person running running around possibly killing people. So this story here is not not no longer looked at as just. Now the Urban Meyer uh, now now oh, oh oh no this this, this story is no longer just looked at as just a, as an athletic We're looking at this as a as as what we call like a, an internet story and this thing is spreading and spreading and spreading and Urban Meyer might be one of those people that get caught right in the middle of this internet war and somebody's there gonna they're gonna look for someone to blame and they they may look back and say, wow this coach not only let this kid run him up, he let a lot of kids have a lot of law problems with the law. What kind of man are we dealing with? What kind of person are we dealing with here? Someone's going to turn, turn the other cheek just to win a game?
2: Hey, hey, again, I guarantee you, the ones who were kicked off the team, if you look at the depth chart, I guarantee you, they wasn't very high on the depth chart, and uh, I can
1: guarantee you that too.
2: When Janoris Jenkins left, what did he say when? Uh Muschamp came if Urban Meyer was here I wouldn't have got suspended and, and that's, true but that's, that's not just, true but that's not just true at Florida and, and, and you know if you want point to point the blame what about the Patriots a guy that's been in your building for three years and you said that there was no problems reported again we go back to you giving him 16 million dollars guaranteed now I do commend the Patriots for, for cutting him and not willing to wait on to see if he was clear just because he was associated with the murder charge I do commend him on that because most teams they would have held on to players uh, for salary cap purposes they're willing to take that big hit that they're going to take for over seven million dollars but now if if you're going to blame somebody you're talking about coaches you got to look at Belichick you got to look at the Patriots those are the guys that he's been with for the last three years you know we can't put all of this on the college coach what about the high school coach uh they, then are you going to say the um the pop warner coach what is his role what could they have done if he punched the kid in practice so you know i, I really don't feel that is fair and, and and i'm not a big urban meyer fan but i, I just really don't feel that it's fair to, to to put a lot of this blame on him you know hey Hernandez got to accept some of this responsibility uh up on his own and you're right a person was murdered and, and first and foremost, our condolences go out to him and his family. You know, uh, and, and again, I have always took the stance, if he is involved in any way with this murder, he should be punished to the fullest, regardless of what he did. And uh, and, and that's just how I feel. And I'll never change how I feel about that. that if he's involved, he should go to prison. He should be punished. uh and, you know, hey, the the facts, that they're, they're going to come out. Uh, people are talking, you know, because some of the guys that he was involved with, they had criminal cases. But uh, but again, you know, hey, we're putting a lot of the focus on Urban Meyer in the University of Florida. What about when he was in high school? Uh, you know, a lot of people didn't recruit him because it was alleged that he was uh, associated with a gang. So, uh you know, hey, what about it? Hey, Urban
1: Meyer did, though. And I'm telling you right now, <laughs> if Alabama had a report that he was associated, did Urban Meyer get that report?
2: Hey, man, I, I, I'm not just... I, 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 yeah, I, I
1: know he got that report, Sam. I'm telling you, man. I'm, and I think we we have to look at him.
2: So you're telling and, me the University he, of Miami wanted have took Hernandez? Or Michigan, or, or Notre Dame. They wouldn't have took uh, Aaron Hernandez out of high school.
1: Come on. I think so. I think in some cases, um, some of these programs now, they have so many players to choose from. It's, it's almost at a point where they can pick and choose who they want and who they don't want. But um, my, my point is, man, is that if it comes out that, er- that Hernandez did three more things at the University of Florida that were negative, and then we find out that there were a list of other athletes that Urban Meyer knew did things that were illegal and unlawful, and he turned the cheek, turned, turned the other cheek, didn't do anything, didn't report it. I think we have to look at him in the same light that we looked at Bear Bryant, but not Bear Bryant, but um, but, um, um, that the, the uh, Penn State coach. Wow. You know, we have, you know, because he he knew some things and did not come forward. And if Urban Meyer knew some things, like Joe Paterno knew some things and did not come forward and did not, didn't didn't put himself in a position to hey say, hey, man, this guy here is a loose cannon. We really need to get him some help. We really need to get someone in here to talk to this kid. If he knew some things and didn't report it, he should be held liable. And hey, we should hold him a little bit. If
2: respond. he failed three drug tests, does that mean Urban Meyer should be in trouble? No. I don't know. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. Time flies when you're having fun. We'll see you next week.
1: It's always good.
0: Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.